0: The following guided meditation was given at Common Ground Meditation Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota.
1: So a big welcome to everybody, and uh, some of you know, this uh, Buddhist studies series that we do at Common Ground Meditation Center, it's actually a six-year curriculum. Most of the courses are eight weeks, but depending on the time of the year, it can be anywhere between six and eight weeks. We're basically going through the different maps that the Buddha used, as best as we can understand, um, to share what he had come to understand about his own mind. And there's no real beginning or end to the six-year curriculum, so people are coming in and out. I recognize some of you who've probably have done at least one, if not two, loops of those, of that six-year curriculum. And this winter we're going to be starting um, four courses on the four foundations of mindfulness. So the winter course is Mindfulness of the Body. And uh, I think it was Bhikkhu Bodhi, this uh, American Buddhist monk who's done so much tremendous translation over the... Many decades. He's now somewhat retired, living in the United States, also as a monk. Um, But I think the way he described these different maps, these lists, these teachings from the Buddha, as a kind of uh, the in the early years of uh, aerial photography, when they were sort of mapping out the topography of a particular place. You know, they take a lot of aerial photographs. But no one photograph completely lines up with the other photographs, So you kind of lay them out, see where they meet, and you get the lay of the land. And that was the image he used for these different maps that the Buddha used in teaching. You may not know this, but the Buddha wandered in northern India for 45 years after his awakening teaching. So that's a lot of years and a lot of different people that he came into contact with each time, that particular, those particular people, that particular situation, it would draw out of him some teaching. You know, he wasn't trying to uh, say the same thing. He was trying to be mindful, right, to be intimate in the moment. So exactly what he said really arose freshly in that moment. And so over those 45 years, there were a number of different maps or teachings that the Buddha shared. And mindfulness of the body is one of the more central teachings. And I'm looking forward to having this time to, for my own practice. And I'm, I'm hoping too, I'm, I'm pretty confident that it will be useful. But uh, the way the Buddhist studies classes are set up, you know, the responsibility really lies with each of us. We're here, you'll be hearing some information. Hopefully, you'll have some time to do some study, even in the email I sent out this afternoon. I'm assuming that the people who haven't been in the course got that email, but I'll resend it tomorrow when we've integrated. People who have just registered for the first time into the Buddhist Studies email list. So if you didn't get my email that was sent out, maybe around, I don't know, maybe 4:30 or so, um, thereabouts, then you'll get it again tomorrow. And there are some resources to read, and eventually I'll get out um, a whole web page of both suttas, discourses from the time of the Buddha, but also some articles by contemporary teachers. And, uh, you know, some people will do a lot of study, some people less study, but the idea is to do our formal practice where we're, in a way, leaving the teachings behind and doing a more direct and immediate exploration, awareness of the body. But the study that we do will inform that direct practice. And so that's really what makes this a Buddhist studies class. We're specifically using these pointing out instructions from the Buddha in our direct practice of meditation, but it may not be sitting meditation, it could be, and especially with mindfulness of the body, and we'll cover this tonight after the sit, it's really bad to be mindfulness all day long of all of our bodily activities. And I'll explain that more later. And the last thing I just want to mention that's really central to this um, practice is that, and it, it kind of brings some sincerity. Every other week, so week two, week four, week six, and week eight, we'll save the last twenty or twenty-five minutes, and we'll break into small groups. And there's, you know, I can't make a stay for the small groups, and. You know, some of you introverts or whatever, you may not want to stay for the small groups, but I really encourage people to stay because there's something about being in a relatively small group, three or four people, and just feeling responsible to share what you're learning and what's difficult and what's feeling really right. It brings a lot of integrity to our at-home work knowing that we're going to be sharing with other people in the class in that way. And I'll talk more about that next week. But I just want to plant that seed for... um, It's kind of the shared uh, responsibility we have anyway for this class we're doing to show up on Monday nights whenever you can. We will record, we're recording now, so you can always listen to the recording if you have family business or you're sick or for whatever reason, it's not easy for you to be live on Monday night. And the other obligation is to do your practice, if not every day, almost every day, and not just the formal sitting practice, but to bring it up during the day and to do some study and to join in for the small groups. Now you may live with another Buddhist practitioner and you may create your own small group and that will be fine. But short of having your own opportunity, please plan on attending next uh, at the end next Monday when we break into small groups. So the thing we usually do right at the beginning of class for those who are in your first Buddhist studies class is we chant the Buddha's refuges, um, slowly, so not in a traditional way, but in a slower way. And of course, when we're all in the same room together, it's just a really nice activity to be doing the chant, singing together in this way. But it's a little different. You're just going to hear my voice, but I encourage you to chant along, and I'll paste the chant right now in the chat so you can open up the chat if it isn't already open and you see you might be surprised it's in the Pali language which is one of the ancient languages of india very similar to sanskrit and it's the language that the <clears throat> this tradition the early buddhist tradition the talks have been recorded um, in this language and what this says is um, I take refuge in the Buddha, I take refuge in the Dhamma, I take refuge in the Sangha, and then it repeats three times. For the second time, I take refuge, etc. And then the last stanza for the third time. And it's, it's just part of coming together to do this study, is that we're finding value in this base, the essence of the practice, which is, I do deeply value being awake. Anybody in the group deeply value being asleep? I mean, we like sleep. It's healing, it's comfortable. But it's not a strategy for being a wise and loving and happy human being, like sleeping or being dull or being unclear. And Buddha in particular, when we take refuge in Buddha, we're really taking refuge in this capacity for wakefulness For that capacity to be intimate, to see clearly, to feel deeply, the way it is. And to basically go beyond our preconceived ideas or any conception whatsoever. And what do we do with that wakefulness? We're intimate with the way it is. That's Dhamma. That's the second refuge. So we're not taking refuge in something out there, something later down the road, Something in the past, we're waking up to Buddha, waking up to Dhamma, is here and now, the way it is here and now. And this is especially relevant with this course on mindfulness of the body. This exposure to the physicality of the body. It's just a basic strategy for being present. Like, I am embodied there is a body here, does it really make sense for me to live this life disconnected, unaware of the body? Because that's kind of what we do a lot of the time. We use our busyness to justify not really being aware of the body. So we take refuge in Buddha, being awake, to Dhamma, the second refuge, the way it is, the changing nature phenomena, coming and going sensation, thought, emotion, bodily activity, mental activity. And finally, we take refuge in Sangha, which is the the kind of activity we can express, the way we can engage our lives when we're being intimate, when Buddha is knowing Dhamma, then Sangha is a possibility for us. And in any moment, any one of us can have moments of being sangha. It just means that how we're showing up, what we're saying or not saying, even what we're thinking or not thinking, is really an expression or coming, arising out of the integrity of that intimacy of Buddha knowing Dhamma. It's really hard to be a kind and wise human being if we're not deeply connected with the way it is. And that means deeply connected isn't just the depth, subtlety of awareness, but it's also the breadth of awareness and the continuity of awareness that gives us the capacity to actually show up in this world in more and more skillful ways. And that's really what the word sangha points to, this awakened activity, awakened engagement, wise and kind engagement in the world, in our lives. So let's... Do this chant slowly. Please join in or just listen to me do the chanting if for some reason you're afraid of chanting or singing at home. (laughs) Be brave. And just do your best with the pronunciation, you'll get it. So I'll ring the bell three times to begin.
2: Saranam karachami tutyampi tiampi phe bodhang sarana gacchami tathya Damang dhamma sarana Tiampi,
1: And taking some time and especially tonight at the beginning of the course and the course on mindfulness of the body. Cultivating, really listening into the posture. It's not so much trying to have the bodily posture fit some idea. It's more about this long-term wish to listen and respond to the body so that we're finding our way how to compose the body in a way that is supportive, in a way that feels energizing, as opposed to sitting in a way that supports dullness, in a way that feels releasing and comfortable, instead of a way that causes pain. relaxed way, taking a couple of longer and deeper breaths, and that can help you cultivate a intimate presence with the body, making more subtle adjustments that support both the relaxation and the alertness. and be really pragmatic about how you're sitting. So what, sitting in what way really supports meditation, clarity and relaxation. And then before you actually imagine that you're meditating, just notice that there's awareness of the body already. Without anybody doing anything, notice that the body is being known, the sitting body, the breathing body. And really let this sink in, that the awareness is already here, bodily awareness is already here. And being interested specifically now in any sensations in the head, top of the head, including the way to the hair, and perhaps feeling, sensing the skull, and any pressure in the head that you might be aware of. All the muscles, especially around the face, the brow, around the eyes, the jaw. Simply aware of the air touching the skin of the face, cool or warm. Notice the sensations of the tongue, the lips, perhaps feeling the eyelids touching the eyes. And for a few more seconds, a simple and kind, tender awareness of the entire face and head. Not needing any of these sensations to be different or other than how they are now in the head and face. just appreciating the wholesome qualities of mind that are already beginning to show up, maybe some patience, and the wholesome quality of interest, clarity. Just accepting, allowing all these sensations in the head and face to be the way they are. And you'll notice the sensations as a kind of movement. Feeling the sensations now along the sides of the neck. No need to try to fix anything, just feeling what's there back of the neck. Real curiosity. A simple, wholesome desire to be intimate, to feel whatever feeling is here at the back of the neck. And eventually the throat, the front side of the neck. And not afraid of tension or any unpleasantness you might encounter. Just be willing to receive and to relax with whatever's showing up. Take some time and let the attention soak into the tops of the shoulders. So from the sides of the neck, awareness settles into the tops of the shoulders all the way to the shoulder joints. So mostly now we're just practicing being interested in these different places in the body We're not trying to do anything or fix anything. Simply feeling here at the top of the shoulders whatever's here to feel. And allowing things to be. And of course, things may change, the quality of the sensations may change, but we're not trying to make them change. There's really a sense of kindness in this patient and steady interest Now, feeling down both arms, feel the clothes, the sleeves, touching the skin, and the underarms and the bend of the elbows, all the different aspects as you feel down both arms. Just the ordinary movement of sensation here, including the back of the hands, including all the fingers and palms, the wrists. So in a fresh way, as if you're feeling both arms and hands for the first time. Actually curious about that movement of sensation here. in no hurry, be happy to be present here forever. So take a few seconds and just sense how the awareness is still quite accessible here in the head and face and throat and neck. And shoulders and both arms. And we feel the collarbones and the top of the rib cage. And we take some time to let the awareness get established here, realizing simply these sensations are being felt, being known, letting them be, including the ordinary sensation in the upper chest and upper back of the clothes, the shirt against the skin maybe some movement of the expansion and contraction due to the breathing process. And of course, any tension you might feel, especially in the upper back, down through the shoulder blade area in the upper spine, down the breastbone, perhaps some movement in the lungs, and perhaps some movement in the heart, feeling the beating. Just see what's available here in the middle of the chest, in the shoulder blade area. And then down to the lower ribs, Front and back and sides of the ribs. Diaphragm. Solar plexus. Kidneys. No hurry. And we're dropping any expectation of what it is we should be feeling and simply receiving whatever sensations are showing up. Even if at times it feels like not much of anything, and that's what you're feeling, that's fine. The key is to learn how to be interested, curious, without projecting something onto the experience. So very receptive mode. And down into the abdomen and down into the lower back. Taking your time. Buddha knowing Dhamma being awake to the way it is here in the abdomen and lower back, including the entire structure of the pelvis and the groin and the floor of the pelvis, sits bones. Take it all in. without ignoring places that might be painful, make sure to include them, those places as well. Everything belongs. Feeling the whole trunk, both arms, both shoulders, the neck and head and face. To the upper half of the body, alive with sensation. And again, notice how simple it is to have a kind attitude, patient attitude. Of the things, one of the really important lessons we learn by cultivating mindfulness of the body is how functional patience and kindness is. It really helps, it really works. And it's quite natural when we're aware become more and more kind and patient. And feeling the hip sockets and the sits bones, let's begin to feel down both legs, whatever you're feeling, simply open with curiosity, allowing the sensations here to be the way they are Noticing any touch points in the thighs. And again, no hurry. Including the clothes, the pants, touching the skin. Feeling now the bend of the knees. And any sensations there, any touch points around the knees? The kneecaps. Down the shins. And around to the backside, feel the calves. And down through the ankles healing down to the heels, any contact. The sides and tops of both feet now. And just simply receiving the sensations at the bottom of the feet. Interest and kindness toward the toes, whatever's here. Noticing this simple, ordinary experience are the toes cold, or warm, constricted, pressed together, or expansive? And feeling both legs together, both feet and legs together. And then the whole body, from the head to the toes, inside, outside, front and back, sides, Feeling this integration, this kind and generous presence receiving all the movement of bodily sensations, nothing left out. as if the body were being bathed by the mind, drenched, immersed in this enlivened, kindly awareness. And just let the body rest, this immersion, and we appreciate the flow, the continuous flow of sensation Places in the body that might feel quite hard or set, fixed. When we bring that open, that receptive awareness, we begin to notice that all places are alive with change. It's the very nature of sensation to move, to flow. Let's take five minutes of silence and just do your best to practice keeping this flow of sensation in mind. There's no right or wrong way. Sometimes it might be a specific sensation that's predominant. In other moments, it will be the whole body together. Remember, it's really good okay to relax no tension is really needed Keeping the body and mind We are getting to know a very particular effort to keep the body in mind. This kind, interested presence.